Sawate so, Skipoli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. Today, we're going to be talking about narcissism. And what I'm going to be doing is what we're, we're really going to be talking about where that term comes from. We're going to etymologize where narcissism really came from, its roots, um, which it actually came from a mythology story, a mythological story. Um, if you aren't aware of uh, Narcissus, which is now a flower, if you didn't know, Narcissus is a rather beautiful flower. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it, the myth itself. Um, and then we're going to tie it back into the hubris that we see in the modern day world because uh, narcissism is rampant. And uh, especially in this day and age of technology, social media, presentation of oneself in so many ways that tend to be not genuine. Um, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, though, because although it can be very negative and it can, uh, it can help to bolster somebody's arrogance or their, um, their entitlement and desire for constant validation. On the other hand, it can also be beneficial in certain aspects of life where it can give the confidence and self-belief uh, to people um, in order for them to achieve their goals, for instance. It also helps them kind of stand out from the crowd in a way if they carry themselves in a certain way. So I think that there can be a healthy relationship of narcissism that you can have in your life because narcissism can give you that confidence and can give you that self-assurance, <clears throat> excuse me, that shelf, shelf, that self-assuredness. There we go. Listen, y'all, I forgot to buy coffee yesterday. I'm doing tea today for the first time in a long time uh, to get me going in the morning. Uh, typically coffee is just kind of like my, my cup in the day in the morning, and then I'll have a cup maybe pre-workout in the afternoon if I decide to do that. But today we're doing some green tea. Um, and you know what? I've been reading a lot of good things about green tea. I almost thought about actually going out and getting coffee, um, getting a new, like, you know, bag of coffee, uh, and doing that for the morning. But you know what? I was like, I got tea. Why don't we just do something new? Um, especially because I'm a very, very routine oriented person. So sometimes it feels good to throw a little blip into the routine to tell myself that I can actually veer off, um, my habits and do things that are outside my norm, you know, gives me the wherewithal and the courage and the the confidence and self-assuredness, not the self-assuredness, even though I am not Sean Connery, and if I am, uh, well, I do share the last name very similar to Sean Connery, but I will stop now, and I'll get back into it here. So, without further ado, let's dive into narcissism, and that being said, if you haven't already, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Audible, Amazon Music, Latin and Layman's, L-A-T-I-N, space I-N, space, space L-A-Y-M-A-N, Tiki Mark S. Go find me there. Go listen to more episodes. Um, if you find yourself curious about learning new words, etymology, and or just kind of diving into 
uh, Latin grammar. I was actually going back and looking at some prior episodes of mine where I really go grammar heavy. So I'll, I'll tend to do that from time to time to help my people out that are actually taking Latin out there. For those that are in a Latin class and they have concepts or topics that they would like to go over or maybe fleshed out more so on this podcast, let me know. Shoot me an email at liamconnerly at gmail.com or that L-A-T-I-N-L-A-Y-M-A-N-S at gmail.com as well. So either one of those will help or would work rather. So that being said, and without further ado, let's get on into understanding of this concept that we have quite a negative connotation to, but it can serve um, ourselves in a positive way as well. But let's understand how and why to implement it and how it can be both healthy and unhealthy in one's life. Alrighty, so getting into it. So once upon a time, long, long time ago, there lived a youth of extraordinary beauty named Narcissus. Sorry, I'm just starting that that story because my dad, when we had little story times as a kid, my dad would always start out a story with uh, once upon a time, a long, long time ago, way off in a far away land, there lived a youth of extraordinary beauty named Narcissus. He was admired and adored by all who beheld him, and many sought to court him, only to be rejected. He haughty, rather, his haughty attitude and rejection of the affections of others only served to amplify his appeal. And so Narcissus became a symbol of power, of beauty, and cautionary tale of the dangers of hubris. Hubris essentially is like the Christian form of vanity. It's challenging the nature of the gods and questioning the nature of the gods and or trying to be a god when you are a mortal. Bad stuff. Don't want to do it. You don't want to dive into what hubris is because hubris is a bad thing. And if you didn't know, it's you're going to find it a lot in um, antiquity. Um, it really just refers to excessive pride or self-confidence. Um, and it's found a lot in Greek tra- tragedy where excessive pride toward or defiance of the gods um, leads to that, essentially. Okay. For instance, I'll give you an example of hubris other than, you know, thinking about how beautiful you are. Modern In the modern world, a real-life example of hubris might be like a politician who thinks he's too beloved to lose an election and chooses to skip campaigning, for instance, right? Um, it means like that they're going to win no matter what. kind of reminds me of Trump, to be honest. If you uh, don't agree with me, you don't have to. But in my opinion, I'd say that dude uh, needs to get a little more humbled, if anything. That being said, diving on to, into our story more so, and let me get a little swiggity swig here. I wrote this story myself. I hope you guys like it. I tried to be a little coy with it. One day, Narcissus was walking along the banks of a river where he was overcome by his own beauty and stopped to admire his reflection in the water. Though he had rejected the affections of so many, Narcissus was unable to resist his own charms, and he was consumed by an all-consuming love for himself. 
He became so enamored with his reflection that he stayed there, transfixed, until he eventually died of starvation, where his body transformed into the flower that we now know, which bears his name, Narcissus. That's, that's the story. The myth of Narcissus serves as a warning of the dangers of vanity and pride, right? And a reminder that too much of anything, even of, of one's own beauty, can be quite detrimental in my opinion. In modern times, this lesson is as relevant as ever in my opinion. I just think about it because the dangers of narcissism and its associated hubris can be seen in the way that people prioritize their own desires and needs over the well-being of others, leading to the breakdown of relationships and lack of empathy. I really think that we, there's a resurgence of empathy in our world, but there also is a clear lack thereof. It's very prevalent. So this story, this myth is a reminder, in my opinion, that we should all strive to be mindful of the impact of our actions and to be mindful of our own vanity, how we carry ourselves. Because at the end of the day, there are always going to be people that, are be, you know, that will be better than us and people that will be worse than us. There will be people that are smarter, beautiful, richer, um, more well-liked, and those where not so much. Those that you're better than them, that you are more well-liked than you are more rich. You know, it's just the world that we live in. But like I said, it's kind of this double-edged sword, right? Narcissism is so common nowadays. I mean, like, I feel like everybody has an aspect of narcissism present within them because everybody is so wrapped up in, in themselves. You know, I used to be a huge proponent of like the whole, like, you know, you got to focus on yourself and like this and that with, you know, therapy and stuff like that. But I really think that that's just kind of a cop out. And I think that therapists that say that you need to show up for yourself. Um, yeah, you can, you can show up for yourself. You can, you can take care of yourself, but don't be selfish about it because when you really show up for yourself, you can show up for the people around you as well. And you can fill up their cup as well as filling up your own cup because when you fill up the cup of the other people around you, you're going to fill up your own cup. I, I, at me if you want to. Um, you're wrong because the most fulfilling thing in my life has never been getting things. It's always been giving. Take me a while. I used to think that I wanted things rather than giving things. But now at the end of the day, the more that I give into this world, the more that I can give from myself to others, whether that be my time, my energy, uh, my instruction, my knowledge, uh, my love, anything and everything, my money, gift cards, I don't know, anything. You can show up for everybody else and also show up for yourself and also fill up your cup and take care of yourself while taking care of other people as well because it's it truly is. I'm so sick of it. Like I remember like and then and then I got empowered. I was like, oh, I got to do this for myself. It's all about me, 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 me in this world. And it's like, shut up. 
And if you're a counselor, or if you're, if you know of a therapist that kind of goes about their counseling like that, they're wrong. And they probably got into counseling because they themselves are trying to work through their own mental illness and or disease and or their trials and tribulations. Because <laughs> I kid you not, most people that I know that have gone into counseling, therapy, um, psychotherapy, that is because they themselves struggle with their own depression, anxiety, and those things. And they want to fix themselves while also fixing other people. Now, I don't mean to generalize, and I'm not trying to be nasty about that. But at the end of the day, a lot of these people that are telling you to take care of yourself before you take care of other people are also people that really don't, they haven't done the work fully. All right. And Nobody really has done the work fully, but you can do the work more so. You can show up. Showing up for yourself is just one aspect. And it's very self-serving. It's not just about you at the end of the day. And if you think it's just about you, you need to take a step back and realize that um, your self-entitlement and the fact that you think about yourself before everybody else is probably going to lead you down a path where you don't have any friends and uh, yeah, you're going to be, uh, you're going to leave a legacy where nobody's going to be at your funeral. So show for the people in your life, care for those, love them unconditionally. <clears throat> and sometimes the love isn't given back and that's okay. It's like when I've been taken advantage of for my quote unquote empathy that will cripple me. Sometimes it has, and people have taken advantage of that in my, in my past, whatever it sucked at the time. But at the end, I move forward knowing that I led my life in a way where I'm proud of myself and that their, the, the, whatever they did, the people on the other end, that's their thing. And they have to deal with that. And what comes around goes around. And I truly believe that. Okay energetically, you know, it's going to, it's going to make its way back around. You give good energy out into the world. It's going to make its way back. If you give bad energy out into the world, it's going to make its way back. Okay. So you got to understand narcissism. It's rampant. It's seen in the way people talk about themselves, how they present themselves online, the way that they interact with other people. It can manifest itself in a variety of ways. We can be arrogant. We can have self-entitlement. We can have desire for constant validation and admiration for others, which in a way is also very um, insecure. If you're always trying to find validation, outside validation, external validation, rather than relying on yourself and your own internal validation to be proud of. It leads to that lack of empathy. I really think that there is. There's, there's a lack of empathy clearly because there's so much anger in the world. And everybody can't see each other's uh, point of view because we're too busy trying to focus on uh, jamming down our points of view into other people's throats, which doesn't work. Sorry. If you're doing that, has it worked so far? I don't know, the definition of insanity is doing something over and over and over again and then expecting something different every single time. I don't know about that. If you've kind of gotten the same result and you have, you've been doing it for a very, very long time, then maybe uh, consider doing something else. I don't know. Uh, just your rational, sane, sane thoughts kind of creeping in to help you out, maybe. But like I said, 
narcissism can also be beneficial in certain aspects of life, right? And can give people that confidence and self-belief to achieve their goals. can also help them stand out from the crowd. But at the end of the day, while it can be that positive trait, it's important to remember that there is this balance and that it can be, it can be taken to extremes leading to toxic behavior. And it's important to be mindful of the impact that narcissism can have on relationships because we have to understand there's a balance between self-confidence and the respect for others as well. And respect for yourself and being kind to yourself and being yourself be yourself's best friend because at the end of the day, you're going to be with yourself for the longest throughout this life. So you might as well be comfortable with yourself because um, you're spending the most with that person. Now, I'm not sure what else I really want to talk about with this, but at the end of the day, it's just something that I was considering and thinking about because um, it's it's so prevalent. You know, when I'm talking to kids that are, you know, I had a kid last week tell me that they were they were on they were doing a they were gonna they were doing a three day fast to kickstart fat loss. Um, this, this kid is a freshman and he's a boy and he's six, seven in height, six feet, seven inches. And he said that he had a YouTuber of him, of his, that, uh, you know, discussed intermittent fasting and, and it's, it's so, it's so important to understand that the people that have the platform here. They have such power that they wield, such power. And such power comes with great responsibility that a lot of people lack. Um, just like a lot of people lack the empathy, right? And they see themselves more so um, in their own framework rather than how it might affect other people. But this kid is talking to me about, you know, fasting. And, and I'm trying to be... Um, I'm trying to be diplomatic, trying to be, I'm trying to ask him questions or I'm trying to make him ask questions and wonder really, because I'm like, you know, like, dude, think about it. If you're not eating, you know, yes, you're going to lose weight, but first off, you're going to be losing a lot of water weight. That's what happens because when you don't consume carbohydrates, carbs are hydrating, right? They, in fact, they suck up water. That's how you retain water. That's why if you're on a ketogenic diet, you excrete water rapidly because you have nothing to bind um, in order to hydrate your body, those carbs to bind. Um, I forget exactly, but it's like a gram of water or something like that is um, per carbohydrate. I don't know. Look it up. But you lose water and then after water, yes, there's the potential of losing fat, but there is also the potential of losing muscle as well, because at the end of the day, your body is not prejudiced. It's just going to pull energy from anywhere and everywhere. And even if you wanted to pull it from fat, it just really isn't the case. That's not how biology works. Biology doesn't work in a vacuum. It works in this huge systemic process. And that's what I'm trying to explain to him is like, you know, yeah, you're going to lose weight, but Michael, don't, aren't you working out? Don't you want to build muscle? Don't you want to make yourself anabolic, right? 
the more you want to focus on building musculature because the more muscle you have on your body, the more calories you're burning at rest. And in our modern day world, I would say that that is the most efficient way to go about things because we are not moving around as we had in the past, right? We have a lot of sedentary jobs. We have sedentary lifestyles. So we might as well stack all the odds in our favor and um, at least, you know, rev up that, 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 that furnace that we have uh, endogenously within us. He didn't really understand that. He is also, a, um, you know, he's got quite a personality and is also on the spectrum. Uh, so uh, a lot of the time, whenever he gets uh, fixated on something, he, uh, you know, everybody, any sort of other counsel outside of what he's already decided, he's going to just uh, negate it. Um, and so, yeah, and I told him, uh, I was like, dude, you're going to have a hard time regulating your, your emotions. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be tired. You're, you're just, you're going to be dragging your feet. But hey, you do you because I can only tell you, you know, and that, and that comes from my own experience of, of having done fasting before in the past when I've done it in a healthy way and in an unhealthy way because fasting can be, it can be healthy. It can be important for your body and to, and, you know, autophagy, auto meaning self, phagy, cell or consuming. So autophagy is the self-consumption of cells, right? That recycling of cells. It helps expedite that process a lot of the time. In fact, when I fast, my gut feels a lot better in general. It's almost like it does a little bit of a reset for me. I don't know. It can be healthy, but it can also be very unhealthy. And I think that when you go about fasting in a means to lose weight, then you're going to start developing worse and worse habits surrounding food in general. And you don't want to do that because then you start to develop habits in your youth that are going to be embedded for you to carry on into your life. That's what happens with obesity, obesity a lot of the time. It's those habits that they pick up as children that they carry on throughout life. You know, I think about also professional athletes, for instance, you know, they're used to eating a lot of food all the time because they're always working really, really hard, but then they retire and then they continue to in their lifestyle and eating what they did and what happens to them they will gain a lot of weight. And they're like, what happened? Well, it's because you kind of continue to do the same thing, but you took out a very important aspect of that, the movement, the movement that you had been doing that had been burning off all that energy that you had been consuming prior. So there you go. Now, you know, but it's one of these things where narcissism is rampant in the way that we present ourselves, in our bodies, in our minds, in our skin color, you know, the, the, prej the prejudice that we, we show each other. I wanted to talk that about this really because um, I remember somebody accused me of having NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. 
because it was an ex-girlfriend of mine. I remember it was um, when I was talking in one of my prior Q&As about a relationship that was both very integral but also was really hard. It was one that lasted for about three and a half years, um, kind of on and off. Uh, but we lived together for a while in Santa Fe, and then we eventually moved up to Portland together. And uh, and this was during COVID and quarantine. And you guys know me and how I feel about quarantine in general. I punch it in the face. But um, I remember, you know, our 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 relationship was just so it was just falling apart. And she was angry. I was angry. We were arguing about very small, petty things. And um, I became a person that I don't know who really I was. And, you know, I remember um, towards the end of our relationship when we finally just decided to, because it was just a slow, a slow, um, just like demise of our relationship where it just kind of like we, we held on because our identities had been tied together with each other for so long that we were a we, and to think of me as being just me uh, was hard to think about, especially because we did everything together. We were our each other's best friends. We, I mean, we really were, and it hurts me to think that things ended the way that they did, but at the end of the day, like we had both understood through a lot of really hard conversations, a lots of crying, a lot of tears, is that although we we really did love each other deeply, because I I did and always will, because she taught me so much, um, and she's just such a smart person, and I know that you know she's with whatever she's dealt with. I know that. She's probably doing very well now. I don't know, but that's my thoughts. And if she isn't, she's on her way to doing so because she's one of those people that will always try to find a way. I guarantee it. But I remember towards the end of our relationship, she was trying to diagnose me. And this was kind of a toxic thing. Um, And this kind of turned my life upside down because I don't consider myself a narcissist whatsoever. And I remember being given this diagnosis by her and then she bringing out a few YouTube videos. And, you know, here I am feeling kind of like in this kind of backed up into a corner where if I refuse to watch them, then I'm kind of inherently, um, you know, showing that I am narcissistic and that I don't don't want to um, change. But that's not really who I am and who I was. And I was receptive. And I was like, you know, if this is something that you believe that I may be dealing with, then I want to to deal with this as well and understand it further. And, you know, I'll watch the videos and this and that. And it just felt very, you know, like, I don't like using the term gaslighting, because I feel like a lot of people just use it willy nilly. Now, in fact, that relationship, the um, my ex girlfriend actually taught me what gaslighting was, because I actually didn't know what that term was until then. But for real, I felt in a way gaslighted. Um, I felt like my who I was or who somebody was telling me what what I was wasn't inherent to who I was. But again, I was so disheveled in my mind with this relationship that it was hard for me to kind of uh, consider that. 
you know, there was just a lot of pain. And all I was really sitting with was the pain. And it's hard to get out of the pain or think about anything else other than the pain when you're so deeply embedded in it. Um, but I remember this happening. NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. I remember, this racked me for so much, especially because she ended up leaving me about like a couple of days after that, I think is when she left. And I never saw her again. And I remember just like sitting, sitting with my thoughts. And every single therapist I've talked to thereafter, I, I'm like, do you think this is me? Uh, do I have NPD? Am I a narcissist? Maybe, maybe I'm confident. I try to be confident, but good God, I've been, it's taken me a lot to build up my confidence. And I lost all my confidence after that relationship. I was like talking about with her quarantine, end of October, 2020, she left. There I am, all by myself, Portland, quarantine, COVID, really bad weather, really dark, really gloomy. My car broke down for a month, biking around all over the place, end up getting hit by a car, biking. You know, there it was just like one thing after the, another thing after another, going paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, working remotely, but also not having enough money, you know, to like, I lived in a shoebox of an apartment. I was paying like $1,200 a month and living in a 400 square foot apartment. I would, you know, and when you're working remotely and when you're in such a small space and when it's dark outside, it feels like the world is caving in on you. And that's what it was for me. I lost all my confidence after that relationship and I lost my identity. And it took me so, so, so long. And I still am. I still have dreams about her. And it's been since October of 2020. And here I am filming this podcast, recording this podcast, April 23rd. 2023. Sometimes grief takes a long time. And now I think about her with just love. And I think about that, you know, and, and everything that encompassed our relationship was good. There was bad. There were things that I learned. There were things that she learned. I hope that, um, I hope that she finally finds the person that completes her. I hope she has found that person because that's one thing that I knew about her is that she, yeah, she was really looking for her, that person. And unfortunately I wasn't that person. Um, and she wasn't that person for me. But <clears throat> the reason why I also say this is because maybe you find yourself in a relationship where you felt like it's like a job. It's like, you're not happy where you're at, but you've been stuck in the routine for so long that you don't see a way out. And I'm not saying that there is a means of like, get out of your relationship or anything like that. But if you're unhappy, if they're unhappy, then why not try to make each other happy? And maybe trying to make each other happy is by starting anew. It's like I say in my podcast, it's never too late. It's just about you realizing that you have the own capabilities because the most empowering thing to think about in this world is the fact that you can change your life in one moment with one decision, with one flip of a switch in your mind. And that switch is hard, especially at the beginning. 
But then to flip it again and again and again and again, it starts to become more easy. And that's where the momentum happens. And that's when things that were daunting don't seem as daunting anymore. And that's when you look back and you pat yourself on the back and you say, good God, damn, rock on. I'm proud of myself for doing that. I can do it. I didn't realize I could do it, but I can. And then you move forward knowing that you can and taking what that you, that you know that you can and applying that, <clears throat> applying that to more things that are obstacles in your life. Ob means against, stickle coming from stitium meaning standing, you know, take on whatever's standing, standing against you. Take it on, head on. You can do it. God, I remember that was a hard time in my life. But I thank it so much. And I thank her so much. And I thank myself so much. And I thank my legs so much. And I thank my head and my brain and my body and my soul. And I thank my arms. And I thank my quads and my hamstrings for biking me distance upon distances. And I thank my mind for wanting to know more and wanting to grow. And because my mind is thinking this all right now. It wants this. I want this. It, I, we all together, me, this entity, I want it all. And I want to move forward. And like I always say, that moving forward can mean moving laterally. It can be moving laterally, but also kind of backwards as well. Maybe it's a lateral pass to one of your boys that's going to hit the gap and going to hit the hit the gap to the point where you bring it in for that try. <clears throat> I don't know. I won't speak in metaphors anymore, but there you go. A little bit more about me. I hope you guys got something out of this episode. And if you did, I would really appreciate that support on over at Spotify, Amazon. I also have a WordPress now, you guys. And I know I, I need to remember to start plugging that. So if you ever want a little bit of, you know, all of the, the show notes kind of fleshed out as well as my contact information um, and a little bit more about me, uh, I have a WordPress that you guys can hit me up. I will provide the link in the show notes, but it's also, um, it's just Latin and layman's rhetoric revolution.wordpress.com. So with that being said, thank you guys again. I appreciate you for listening and showing up and, uh, just listening to this old fart just talk about stuff about his life that, you know, have been hard, have been good, have been taught, have taught me a lot about who I am, what I want, what I need in both myself and relationships. I'm still figuring out my identity and I continually am. And maybe you are too. Maybe you're older, way older than me and you're still trying to find your identity and that's totally fine. I mean, I don't know what I want to do with this life. I know that I, I'm, my goal is not to be teaching at the level that I, I'm teaching right now. I want to be a professor. I want, I, want, I want 
big things. I want to go. I want to travel. I want to see the world. I want to experience. And maybe you do too. Maybe I'm just ramble bambling at this point. So with that being said, I really appreciate you guys. Tempo says to get it right.